The following show is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary, and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is our monthly coaching call. This is your host, Frank Congelos, and our guest today, Executive Vice President Dave Suki over at CNA Financial Group. Dave, always great to have you here. Welcome. Thank you, Frank. Always good to be here. Can't believe it's March already. We're, in, we're into March Madness already. Yes. You know, when you think about it, and you know, it's interesting. You know, just a couple of months ago, the rest of my hair was falling out with the market volatility, and here we are. Things are looking good and better, and so we're, we we have a little breathing room at the moment. Statements are up again. Yes. Statements are up. So, since we don't need to spend time about you know market volatility for a moment. One of the things that we try to do is have a theme each month, you know, when we talk about different aspects of finance. So this month, the theme that we're going with is really Asset Protection Month. And the whole idea behind that is, you know, we work our lifetime to, you know, accumulate assets. Uh, We see ourselves as an asset and so forth. So the thought process behind it is really to, you know, talk about, you know, just some of the high level aspects of what should we be doing and what should we be thinking about with regard to protecting assets. Yeah. Yeah, good, good, Frank. And, you know, it's interesting. I was having a conversation regarding assets and understanding the difference between assets and liabilities. Right? Simple concept, but... Not always clear. Not always clear, right? So, um, you know, assets are, thing, are, are things that you own that put money in your pocket. And liabilities tend to be things that take money out of your pocket. And so when you're saying that, you know, one of the things I point out is... And unfortunately, sometimes we have to, when it comes to insurance, we have to insure both. Correct. So I always look and I, you know, say, well, we insure things, you know, which is property, auto, home, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, we insure income. Yep. And then we insure life. So if we kind of, you know, think of it in, you know, one dimension, two dimension, three dimension, as far as what we're doing. So, you know, and just keeping our conversation high level today, maybe just take a moment on the property side and, you know, just highlight, you know, what are the what are the key aspects of what should be in place? There's usually two or three. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So if you're an individual, right? So when you're um, uh, you have an automobile, so you need to protect through auto insurance. You have home or renters. You have umbrella policies that protect for excess liability. If you're a business owner, you're going to have protection in areas of uh, of general liability and workman's compensation and things like that. So you're going to want to protect. The business. And so when you're saying that, Dave, one of the biggest things, because everybody knows they should have it. It's a matter of what levels. Yeah. And so I have a very simple rule of thumb. I think that everybody should always view the level of insurance that they're going to own or that they're going to you know, maintain as if you knew you were going to have a claim tomorrow in any aspect of insurance and you didn't know how bad the claim might be. What would you tend to get? Would you get the minimum, yeah. the maximum? You know, Dave, what would yeah, you get? Yeah, we all, I would think the answer would be maximum. So, so yeah. what, you know, my point is, and, you know, that should be the obvious answer, but what we tend to do is we start to commoditize the conversation because of cost. And so a simple rule of thumb is insure for the larger claim yeah. and self-insure for the smaller claim, which yeah. is, Hey, I'd rather have a thousand or five thousand dollar deductible on something and have you know a million or two million or five million of coverage um, than have not the right amount of coverage. So I always say, you know, you can absorb the small claim; it's the big claim that can you know absorb you. Wipe so, you out. Yeah. 
That's it. So, and you got to get it before you need it, you know, because they're always underwriting you. And when I say underwriting you, you know, so like if you have a teenage children that are going to be driving and so forth, and you know, you should at some point get the umbrella, et cetera, you need to get that before they start driving. Because once they start, then the underwriting is different. No, no, absolutely. So, so we always talk about, you said, you know, <coughs> excuse me, mitigating consequences. That's the term that I use. Because we have this, it's all about choice, Frank. So we can make choices. It's, it's good if we make educated choices and we have an advisor that's coaching us along, you know, to help us understand the different options that we have. Those choices can show up at the time when we need them to. Great perspective. So that was, you know, just if we look at property, one of the things that I think people miss is the fact that they are their best asset and their income is relevant. And when we say relevant is, you know, sometimes we take it for granted, but at, you know, at some point, you know, in the event that of sickness or injury, there's a lot of people, they have absolutely no idea what occurs. So maybe you can, you know, just, you know, hit on, you know, what should they be thinking about, you know, with regard to, you know, protecting income? Well, we talk about protecting our todays. So the question you want to ask yourself is, if my paycheck ended today, my cash flow, or we use the term inflows, my inflows of cash that come into my life every month or every two weeks ended, how does my financial life look going forward? How would it work? It's a great question. You know, I have a new acronym that I came out with. I have a new book coming out called Last Check. And you know the acronym I call it ACF, which is what's your asset cash flow. Yeah. And if I don't have enough cash flow that comes off of assets in the event that I should get sick or hurt, um, I need to hedge that. And so in hedging that, you know, it should be, you know, if you're at work and do you have group disability? Yeah. And if you don't have group disability, you need to be pursuing individual disability because actually everything is relying upon that income. You can't pay your auto, your homeowner's insurance, and everything else if your income's not there. So yeah. I would just say disability is kind of key to everything right there. Yeah, very important, Frank. So so the company you work for, you should understand what their benefits are. You should understand what they provide and don't provide. And then you should be seeking to maximize the most amount of protection you can in that area. Because without our paychecks, especially if we're young and don't have assets yet, we we're done. We're done. We don't have a good future to look forward to. And, and young, it's interesting, in, in, in medical school, young doctors and residents all come out knowing that because it's taught in the classroom to them how important it is to protect their income because they usually have a specialization in a career that if they can't do that career, their income's changed maybe forever. So other professions, though, should be doing the same thing. Great perspective. The last one that we'll just touch on, you know, because it's, you know, really, you know, a, a big topic, but we want to make sure we don't miss anything, is really, you know, you as, and when I say you, is okay, so we've got your income, but at the same point is, you know, I always, you know, find it interesting where, you know, if I have a single family income, one person work and the other person's, you know, spend more time with the kids and raising the family, or if even if I've got two people in one household, uh, both are earning, both are contributing to, you know, the cash flow of the home, at the end of the day, if one of those people, you know, something happens, you know, due to death, you know, we talked about disability or whatever, I don't understand how we can go from, let's say one person earns 100, the other person earns 100. How do I have a 50% pay cut in the family, you know, and be able to continue to survive, especially when 
I may have picked up another job, which is now I've got to raise the kids by myself or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. maybe, Dave, just take a minute talking about, you know, yeah. um, perspective around life insurance. Boy, Frank, this is a, this is a big one, right? I, I mean, you know, there's so much th- different opinions on it, and I, I like to keep it simple. You know, like, so if I know my earnings, right, are, are, are taken out for the rest of my career, and I'm going to work to age 65, because that seems to be a common age for a lot of people, how— how much capital do I need today stored up to produce that stream of income for the rest of my life? Right? And it's, it's really a math equation, Frank, and, and there's books written on it. The term is called human life value. What is my human life value? Replacement value. Replacement value of my paycheck because that's what I'm protecting. Not more, not less, but what, what, what I currently earn. So the sum of money that's bought in life insurance sometimes is based on what we believe to be a need that we have. And oftentimes when you explain it to somebody in terms of replacing their paycheck, the light bulb goes off and they go, no, that's actually what I would want my family to get if I wasn't here. Right? So usually, Frank, the rule of thumb, you, you manage a lot of assets. What's the going rate for somebody who's drawing income off of assets right now? What's their asset Typically cash flow? three to 4%. So if you're assuming 4%, um, you know, look at it this way. For every million dollars of assets that someone has, it'll generate about 40000 a year of income. And so if I made and, and now and by the way, there's also you know how long that money lasts and the longer you need it to last, the lower you want the rate it, is right the rate. Yeah. So if you were just talking about someone that might you know require that income for thirty or forty years, that number statistically has been three to four percent. So if you run a little on the higher side, run with the four. Right. So if I was making a hundred thousand a year, right, and I had. You're going to need about two million, two million, two and a half, and a half million dollars of insurance, right? Correct. And the and sometimes the perspective of that is, boy, that's a lot. Correct. And, and in terms of a one-time check, of course, it's a lot of money. However, that's a one-time check that gets distributed over the next maybe twenty, thirty years. It certainly doesn't start to turn out because you've been doing this a long time, Frank. To be as much as a lot of people think it may be. No, especially when you start looking at inflation like, and yeah. everything else. You know, yeah. so. I'm in my mid fifties. I remember when you know first started driving, and you'd see cars, and they'd be fifteen thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars. And now you go out and you look at cars, and if you see a car for fifty thousand dollars, that's certainly not the most expensive car in the lot. You know, it's not uncommon to see cars seventy, eighty thousand. I just saw a client recently; they just got a uh, a large SUV. You know, and it was not like the the top of the line, but it was a good one. Yeah. And for that, you know, with that third row seat and so forth, that was a $75,000 yeah, purchase. I was shocked. I was like, you're kidding me. I was like, I, I had no idea. So things are certainly getting more expensive as time goes on. You know, I don't see anybody with an iPhone 1 anymore. You know, we get the iPhone 10s. And so things get expensive. But perspective around life insurance is, is like insurance rates for life insurance, even if somebody determines insurance, are very reasonable. Yes. You're, you're Come not way talking... Down thousands and thousands of dollars to get the right amount of coverage um later in the year we'll talk about different forms of insurance but to just get the right amount which is most critical it's not a big number you know and frank to to just add to this from my real life experience with clients you know when you're an advisor in a business and you and you make an impact on people's lives and you make a difference and when you have a close client of yours pass away and you see the impact and actually how it plays out in life, 
it's so much different than some commercial puts out or some article you read on the internet, right? And, and it's interesting because uh, I have a good neighbor you know who lost a spouse and 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 he had a good amount of life insurance. And the first thing he said to me, as he was raising his two kids by himself, yep. I wish I had more. Hmm. Great perspective. And it was from his experience of, and he was okay, he's fine, but it was interesting. He's like, you know, I just wish I had more. It would have allowed me to even spend more time with my kids. Great perspective. The, the last thing that, you know, just in protecting assets, which we don't always think of this way, which is really having good legal work in place oh, yeah. with regard to, you know, um, the, the essentials, which, again, we'll cover later in the year, but you, you need to have a will, you need to have a living will, you need that power of attorney. Um, there's different forms of asset ownership arrangements, whether I own assets in entities or trusts. But all of that plays into really good asset protection yeah. planning. So, Frank, here's it here. And, and we had a, you know, we just had a, a course on this, right, that we took in here and you brought in an estate planning attorney and does a great job educating us. Interesting thought about when we have kids that are in college, right, and how medical documentation works now and how he brought up the fact that if something happened to them and they were incapacitated, you know, or they couldn't And they're considered act, an adult. They're considered it's not an adult. not automatic that you can make decisions or handle that, things. That, that, your, your parent, the parent can't make a decision. That was like eye-opening, that you need to have a document to make sure you can make those decisions for them. I can tell you, I've been doing this 20 years, Frank. I probably know a handful of people that have that document. And, that boy, that would be a a valuable asset to protect if you needed it. It's a great insight. And uh, just for all of our listeners, um, this month we will be doing our Wisdom Wednesday, and it is Asset Protection Month. And uh, I believe our guest speaker this month will be addressing some of these topics in much more detail. So for all of our listeners, you know, again, happy March. Hopefully the weather will continue to improve as we go forward. You've been listening to Dave Suki, and this is Frank Congelos, and we look forward to catching up with you next month. Advisors of the Institute of Responsible Wealth may be licensed for investment and insurance products. The Institute of Responsible Wealth is an educational division of CNA Financial Group. CNA Financial Group and its advisors are an agency or an agent of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. The Institute of Responsible Wealth and CNA Financial Group are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation.